Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. And as you can probably tell by the timbre of my voice, it's somewhat early in the morning. I've had it 6.53 and I'm going to try before uh, half past 10 um, to record this, get the notes written, get it out, go for a run, do under foot, under 10s uh, football training and get my car down for some new tyres. After that, the day gets somewhat easier, but I'm just kind of up against it this morning. And currently, as I record this intro, uh, the tea is in the pot mashing and I'm going to nip off in a second, have a have a slurp of that. And hopefully, uh, hopefully my voice will change somewhat. Um, but more importantly, Happy New Year. I hope you're well uh, and we'll, we'll crack on as normal after a bit of that twangy guitar. <laughs> Monday. So I'm not going to do the whole resolution thing, um, but let's start the new year off with something just positive, just thoroughly enjoyable, just that made me smile, as you'd expect it to do, just that I wallowed in for a couple of hours, and let's talk about Glass Onion. So for those of you who don't know, Glass Onion is the second of the Knives Out mystery. So the very first film was called Knives Out, and obviously to turn this into some kind of franchise, they're now calling these Knives Out mysteries. Um, but Glass Onion's the follow-on, very, very different from the first film in a lot of respects. Uh, only returning character is, is Daniel uh, Craig as the um, the world's greatest detective, uh, Benoit Blanc. Um, and it's just, just wonderful. It's, it's funny, his performance is great. Um, the performances across the board are great. The story's interesting. Um, Ryan, um, Rian Johnson's done a fantastic job in terms of the script, in terms of shooting it. It looks very, very different to the first one. The first one had that country house mystery kind of vibe. This has got more of that kind of exotic kind of, um, you know, I mean, it's enclosed on an island, but it's got, if you, if you, if you take something like, um, as I say, the, the 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 sort of the country house mystery vibe of the first one. This is far more of a, a kind of uh, um, you know uh, whatever the Poirot was on the uh, Death on the Nile. It's got that kind of exuberant and and um, lavish because it's based around um, a billionaire and a billionaire's lifestyle, and it's got that whole lavish thing going on, which is you know, which which is obviously changes the way it's all framed and it changes the way, um, you know, the, the, the kind of backdrops that you're working with. Um, and it's silly and it's funny and it's just fantastic. It's, it's the perfect film to be the first thing I kind of watched in the new year if I wanted to start off the new year in that kind of frame of mind. So um, I don't know how long it's going to be on Netflix, um, sort of available free. I manage, I imagine for a little while. Uh, obviously, Knives Out is on back on there again. So if you haven't seen Knives Out yet, you must you must watch Knives Out. Um, but just do yourself a favour. Just go and just go and sit and let it wash over you. Don't don't think about it. Don't don't pick holes in it. Don't you know say that it's not real. Don't do any of those things. Just sit. Just let it wash over you. Just work on the assumption that everybody is trying to outact everybody else and yet they don't even get close uh, to Craig not even close to Craig um there's an incredible cameo that's just unexpected 
but perfect and exactly the cameo you want it to be. So just just go and do it and find some time. And if you haven't got Netflix, sign up to Netflix. If they still do the free month, sign up for the free month, watch these two films and cancel it because it is, it's that good and they're really that worth it. Tuesday. Insightful and cutting edge this week's TFM is not going to be. I'm not going to move the dial, I don't think, particularly this week. Um, I've got, I am going to have a little bit of a, well, it's not a rant actually, but I am going to have a little bit of a political, uh, a bit of chat, as you'd expect. But I don't think I'm moving the dial. And the reason why I don't think I'm moving the dial is because the next thing I'm going to say to you is, um, where do you go to buy a teapot? Um, having having sort of wasted quite an amount of shoe leather walking around because I still like to go to shops. I know it's I know it's obviously not the done thing anymore, but I still like to wander around if I want something. And what I don't seem to be able to find anywhere is a teapot. So about three years ago, I bought a little grey teapot, which was one of those that had the basket in it for loose tea. And uh, I took the basket out, and it's got a metal lid. And the basic issue is this, it doesn't work. So you put normal tea bags in, um, and by normal, I mean Yorkshire, and uh, and you fill it up with water and you let it stand and it makes a fine cup of tea. But the lid itself, because it's designed to come off and on and go back in with um, with with this, this basket thing, doesn't sit securely when it's being used without the basket. Uh, I hope you're still with me. Um, and I bought it because it looks nice. Um, and we have, I'm getting very much into technical tea territory here, but we have a four cup pot and a two cup pot. So when I make a cup of tea for me and Mrs. S in the morning, that's the two cup pot. And, uh, I don't know why I don't like making two cups of tea in the big teapot. I, I think it's down to the fact I can't gauge the water as well as I'd like to with my whole OCD tea thing going on. So if I know that my teapot is the right size for two cups of tea. I can put two tea bags in there. I can fit to the top and it makes two perfect cups of tea. I like that. That 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 works for the various aspects of me, for my slight on the spectrum tea thing and for everything else going on that works. So the teapot is perfect in terms of size and it's perfect in terms of how it looks other than the fact it's the lid doesn't work. So I have been everywhere to try and look for a selection of teapots. And can you look for a selection of teapots? No. Does anybody carry teapots? No, they don't. So it doesn't matter whether you go to Dunelm or it doesn't matter whether you go to Wilco's or it doesn't matter whether you go to any of the options that Huddersfield has to offer. And I accept the fact that, you know, we haven't got a Marks and Spencers and what have you, that we are a bit light on a few of the places you might traditionally have gone. But the fact is you used to be able to walk into places and you would see 10, 15 teapots. And now you walk in and you don't see anything other than one or two teapots. And they're either part of a range, so they're ridiculously expensive per se because they match this particular fashion range or it's a stainless steel teapot or it's a as seems to be the um the 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 want of everybody it's a clear teapot uh and i don't quite understand why you need to look at tea as it does its thing i mean you should allow tea its modesty and let it do its thing in private you go away do something else you don't it's not a spectator sport mashing tea is not a spectator sport so any insight would be greatly appreciated, but from at this particular point of West Yorkshire, you can't go and look at teapots. Wednesday.
Okay, so Rishi's been out and he's done his speech. He's done his start of the year. Um, this is me. Uh, I got as far as Christmas, didn't I do well? Um, this is the things, this is the, This is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. I'm setting out my stall for the next 18 months, two years of government. This is what I want you to judge me on. So he set himself up to say, right, forget, it's almost like, forget what's gone before. Forget where we are. Forget everything that's gone on in the in the past 10, 12 years of Tory government. I've forgotten how long it even is, but let forget all that. Judge me on these things. Um, and that's fine. And he's put NHS waiting lists on there and he's put small boats on there and he's put the economy on there and whatever the other things were. I can't, do you know what? I can't even remember what the five were, if I'm being honest. I can't even remember what the five were. But that's what he's asked us to judge him on. And that's that's all fine, all fine. Um, other than it forgets what's happened. It's as if this is a new government, this is a new team, this is, starts from here and we and we have to forget the previous however many years because I can't remember how many years it is. So he's saying, judge me on what I do with the economy, which is really judge me on what inflation's like at the end of this year. But what I'm doing is I'm taking the high point. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the... 11 12% December figure, whatever it was, and I'm going to say, judge me on whether I can get it lower than that. Well, it's already lower than that. It was never going to stay at that kind of level because part of it's being driven by factors that mean it's artificially high. You know, artificially high. Everybody knew it was going to come down. What the commentators are saying is not that it will be at 12%, but it, that it will be a long way above its 2% target, the Bank of England target, for quite a while, that we might need to get used to 5 and 6% inflation, and that's a different world to the one we've been living in for 20, 30 years. So to say, judge me on getting it down from 12, if I get it down to 6, I'm going to tell you I've halved it, but the fact of the matter is, when they came into power, it was whatever percent it was, and I imagine it was somewhere between 1 and 2%, I don't know without checking. And it's the same with everything else. Judge me on NHS waiting lists. You know, it used to be A and E waiting times used to be below two hours. The end of the, the end of the Labour government, they, they were that kind of level of time. Now we've got people sitting on trolleys in in A and E corridors for twenty four, thirty six hours at a time. So, what's considered to be good is it is it anything below twenty four? If we get waiting times down to 12, is that better? If we get waiting lists down from the ridiculous level they are now for rudimentary uh, procedures and operations, is that better? What's your start point? What are we judging you on? Because it seems to be, or it seems to me very much, that we're taking the first five, six, seven years of, of, of lack of investment of this government, taking that as a point to start from and saying, well, actually, if I get you back to... If I get and you know if I get you back to where we were in 2010, which was worse than where we were in 2005, then I've done a good job, and that that's not right. That's not right. the 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 minimum grade is to go back to when your term started, and I, by your term, Rishi, I don't mean your term. I mean when your lot came into power and say we inherited this. And theoretically, you would expect us to have moved forward. COVID aside, I get that but you would have expected us to move forward. So take it back to what it was in, in 25 and, 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 I'll, and I'll measure you from there. And that's where we should all be measuring you from. So keep an eye on this because it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Um, it, it sounded strong. It wasn't. It's going to involve a lot of twisting of figures. 
to be able to say that we have done this and we have done this in, in 18 months' time. And it's going to be an absolute load of, of cobblers. Thursday. I've become fascinated with what's going on in America. And if you've not been all over this, then um, in the midterm elections, the Republicans uh, won back the House of Representatives. And that's kind of the equivalent of the Commons. Um, and they won it back with a small majority. And that's obviously going to affect what happens um, to, you know, to Biden and what agenda Biden can, can, can get through. And it also will um, affect the oversight um, so what's going to happen now, you're going to get a chamber that was fairly friendly to the president who is now going to start poking around and wanting to have a look at everything the president's done. And by the way, that's fine and proper. It's the same work that, say, the select committees do over here, and I'm all for it. I think it's right that you hold to account the, you know, in the case of the US, the executive, in the case of the UK, the government. I think that's that's fine and right. But they've been waiting a long time to get um, the house back. And the first thing they do before anything can go on is they have to elect a speaker. And you have what's called a, a minority speaker. So it's kind of like a leader of the opposition, because obviously in the US, your, your president is elected outside of the party machinery, i.e. You, um, you elect a president, but you could have a government that is not a government, sorry, uh, the, the two houses that are completely different party to the presidential um, party. Um, it's not like the, the UK where you elect a majority and then you pick a president, not a president, a prime minister, effectively from the, from the majority parties the other way around. So the first thing they have to do is they have to elect a, a speaker. And, and this guy, Kevin McCarthy, who has been the minority leader uh, for the Republicans, um, so effectively the leader of the smaller party in the House, he's been in there since 2019, I think. And this is his moment. And what normally happens here is um, you go in for the first day and the first thing they do is they elect um, the Speaker of the House because nothing happens until you've elected a Speaker of the House. You can't swear people in, you can't uh, work out what committees are going to go on, you can't set an agenda, you can't do anything. The entire work of the House is based around, around electing a Speaker. Um, and normally it's a nod. What happens is you walk in, everybody knows it's going to be you know, the minority leader as was. It's all worked out beforehand. And because you've got a majority, because you're the biggest party, you just nod. Everybody votes for that person and it goes through on the nod and it takes about an hour. And um, and they've decided not to do that. A faction of the Republicans have said, we don't want Kevin McCarthy because he's not MAGA enough or he's not extreme enough or for whatever reason they, they've got something against Kevin McCarthy. I don't quite, I'm not quite sure of the whole details to why, but it's, it's the Republicans. So it's, it's, everything's a little bit bonkers uh, in the GOP at the moment. So it's, uh, it's, it's down to some kind of, of bonkersness, uh, if bonkersness is a word, which it should be because it's great. Um, and so a hard, a hardcore of about 20 didn't vote for him. So he lost the first vote. And then suddenly there's a collective, a collective intake of breath because this never happens. Um, and this has carried on. This is this has carried on. We're now, um, and I haven't checked this morning. It could actually have been resolved by this morning. It looked like it was on its way to being resolved, but it's taken three days um, to get anywhere with this whole situation. Um, and this, the last time we were in this kind of territory, I believe, when so many votes for a speaker had been lost, I think it was eighteen sixty. 
And the issue at the time, or around 1860, and the issue at the time that was floating around that was causing all the division was, was the abolition of slavery. So that was the issue that was on the table last time we had this amount of division. And the reason why, there's a couple of reasons why it's, it's fascinating. Um, one, it's fascinating because the world is looking at you, certainly the country is looking at you now as the party that's wanted to get back in and take control of that of that uh, chamber for such a long time. And now you just like look like an ill-disciplined rabble to the outside world. And there are lots of dodgy deals going on now to try and get Kevin McCarthy to get the, because there isn't really an alternative. So he's going to, he's ultimately, I guess it's going to be him, but his position will be massively weakened and he's going to have to doll out, you know, prime positions on committees and all those kind of things and, and influence and really weaken what he can do to get this, this, you know, get this over the line. And it's a very, very bad look. It's a very, very bad look for a political party because the one thing about political parties that looks weak is is ill-discipline within the ranks. Um, and, you, you know, you saw that with the Tory party uh, last last sort of six months of last year, well, most of last year, to be honest. Um, but also the other thing that's fascinating is I found myself um, watching one of these votes. I actually watched two of them. They take nearly an hour each. And it's so beautifully archaic because it's done... It, it's like... It's, it's like the world's worst register call because they announce every single name and then they wait for the person to to come back with their pick of, of nominee. So they'll shout back the name of the person they want. And it's a bit like, I don't know if you've seen that scene in Ferris Bueller where he's trying to do the, the roll call. It's a bit like that. And it's all done on with paper and pencils. And, you know, in, in 2023, that's the system that we're using. I mean, it's it's you know beautifully old-fashioned in one respect and absolutely bonkers in another but you you switch it on and the bbc have been running live coverage of it you switch it on and it's hypnotic you find yourself just there by the time i was going through the second time around i was getting to know some of the names it was it was it was almost like i couldn't drag myself away from this thing which at the same but nothing happens literally nothing happens um so thank thank thanks us um, for you know, having a stab at showing that your system is 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 you know crazier than ours at the moment, um, but it, but underlying underlying, there's a real interesting thing here about open warfare and that party splintering, and it does mirror what's going on uh, in Westminster. <laughs> Let's finish off the week with um, the fact that I've solved, I'm not solved, I mean, grief, it sounds incredibly, you know, Benoit Blanc-esque, but I've not solved. But the a little, a little situation's hopefully going to be resolved today. Um, I mean, grief, this is first world problems because it's not even a situation, but um, I've managed to get hold of it, of an air fryer. Uh, it became evident as I spoke to people, uh, became one of the topics of, of conversation over the last couple of weeks and it became evident that i think you know we are literally the last people in the western world to get an air fryer um and you've not been able to buy them for love and the money and i've found an air fryer at hughes electrical uh, and hughes are a, a fairly if, if, if you live in the south i think you'll have heard of hughes they're a fairly big deal i came across them dealt with them a bit when i was at, at, at Shaw, so i know they're a, they're a big deal and of course it's nice to buy from a shop as well but they had um they have uh, one in stock that is it's massive it's a nine litre one. It's a big old thing. You're going to be able to do an incredible... I mean, I'm going to be able to cook everything in here. I mean, you know, 
half a sheep and you know batch bake and what have you um but this thing's this thing's coming today and it was about the right sort of money i mean part of this was the fact if i wanted to spend uber cash i could have had one we could have had one sooner um but that you look at some stuff and there's that sharp intake take of breath and you go i'm not paying mm, for because you know it's actually the the top end of the scale with stuff that you're never going to use um so it's so it's it's due to arrive today um and uh and I'm, I'm i am i am a little bit excited i have to i don't quite know what we're doing it first uh and it might be in two months that um i turn around and go oh that that air fryer that's just collecting dust but everybody literally everybody that that sort of i've spoken to and when air fryers have become part of the conversation and i've been pushing it don't get me wrong uh everybody who's got one's been saying oh yeah we use it for loads of stuff so i, I am i am quite excited so uh air fry cookbook next is the next thing um I, I see myself of a Sunday afternoon sitting with a drink and, and perusing some form of air fry cookbook and then continuing to do the same five things in it. So uh, quite excited about that. And then must shout out and say happy birthday to Mrs. S because it's her birthday today. And uh, she does have a cup of tea, but then she's had to uh, also put up with being woken at quarter to seven so I could come down and do this. So her day's not started quite as she expected it. Uh, but happy birthday to her and... Uh, I hope you're all well. Love to speak to you again in 2023, and I will talk to you next week. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.